Do you want to stop existing and start living? My new book, A Deeper Wellness, can help you just do that. Through its 18 chapters and challenging self-reflective exercises, you'll learn how to heal your past, deal with the problems that you're struggling with today, and begin to build a future you want and deserve. Order your copy of A Deeper Wellness on Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. And now, when words become weapons. In recent years, mental health terminology has crept slowly into our use of media and into our widespread everyday usage. Let's take a moment to talk about how we should and should not talk about mental health and how misusing mental health terminology causes hurt and harm. Despite the efforts of many mental health advocates, to this day, there remains a tremendous stigma around mental illness. Though we pay lip service when it comes to the need for society to understand, have compassion for, and support those who suffer from mental illness, there is a rise in the use of mental health terminology to call out, wound, and shame others. It is not uncommon for a politician to accuse a political opponent of being mentally ill or challenged, as such remarks spread fire and wide in the 24-hour news channel, where the intentions and fallout of such remarks are rarely questioned or users called out for using and uttering such despairing accusations. Imagine for an instant the outcry that would emerge if a political opponent dared to mock individuals suffering from heart disease, cancer, or physical disability. Of course, such behavior would not be tolerated. But when it comes to mental health, weaponization of diagnoses is ignored, or worse, seen as a clever and humorous put-down. Further, these weaponized terms are increasingly showing up in movies, television, social media, and on online dating sites. Hurt and harm. There exists a long list of mental health concerns, conditions, and disorders, including post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, major depressive disorder, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, schizophrenia, substance-related and addictive disorders, gender or body dysmorphia, conduct disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, autism spectrum disorders, and many, many more. The DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders includes close to 300 disorders. Each disorder describes a cluster of symptoms, names and terms them. These terms are intended for the use amongst mental health professionals, doctors, to communicate symptoms in the course of their treatment. A number of these terms have entered into general disclosure and discourse, including narcissist, narcissistic, psycho and psychotic, OCD, ADD, and ADHD. And much of their use and usage comes with the intent to hurt and harm. No matter what, no matter what we're talking about, words matter. When a politician or political pundit accuses someone of being mentally ill or deficient, these words matter on many, many levels. They matter to the person who is more often than not baselessly and incorrectly being identified as mentally ill. They matter to anyone who is struggling with a mental health illness and is afraid to seek help for the fear of being judged. They matter to the individual who is in treatment for mental health conditions. 
They matter to the people who we love and support, like someone struggling with their mental health. And in the larger picture, they matter to every one of us, since most people in the course of their lifetime will experience or be close to someone struggling with their mental health. Weaponizing mental health labels and diagnoses. Every mental health term describes a diagnosis. Diagnoses are arrived by a qualified mental health professional or doctor after vigorous testing protocols, including psychological evaluations, consults, psychometric testing, and physical examinations. Any naming criteria that falls short of this is nothing more than name calling and the weaponization of terminology. For example, while the term narcissistic may be useful in a discussion amongst clinicians, it is virtually impossible to imagine anyone calling someone a narcissist in everyday conversation as anything short, less of unkind to be put it mildly. If someone labels a friend, acquaintance, or colleague as a narcissist to call it self-absorbed behavior or thoughtlessness treatment, they are misusing and essentially weaponizing a blanket clinical term that describes a serious personality disorder. This term in such casual usage is intended to expose, shame, and injure the person who is being labeled. Words matter. Calling someone a narcissist may seem really harsh and extreme of an example, but hundreds of YouTube influencers are currently amassing thousands of followers around their amateur vlogs that call out to people and behaviors and I identify as narcissistic. It's not appropriately used. Many other mental health terms are equally routinely misused and abused. It is not unusual for someone to call a detail-oriented colleague or friend who hates to be late for an appointment or is meticulous in their habits as OCD. Equally common is labeling someone who is at time forgetful, distracted, or inattentive as ADD or ADHD. We label people whose unpredictable thoughts, actions, or choices seem to us to come out of nowhere as schizo, or people who we judge as quick to anger, crazy, nuts, insane, bipolar, or psycho. The more compassionate approach. The next time we are tempted to judge and belittle someone, in our thoughts and in our words. With the mental health term, we need to remind ourselves that we and should do better. Remember, for example, that a psychological disorder refers to a deviant, distressful, and dysfunctional pattern of thoughts, feelings, or behaviors that interferes with the individual's ability to function in a healthy way. If you or someone you loved were struggling with a mental health issue, imagine the senseless hurt and harm the weaponization of that term might cause. Consider the effect on anyone within an earshot of hearing weaponized mental health terms might be negatively impacted and how it might diminish their self-esteem and discourage them from seeking help. When we find ourselves struggling with the way that we are being treated by someone, rather than lash out with wounding mental health labels, we can, when possible, raise our concerns in conversation with the person whom we're struggling with in a kind way or limit our exposure to someone who does not respect our contributions or boundaries. When we see someone who is struggling or in need of help, we can behave more compassionately rather than demean and diminish them. 
And when we hear others misuse and abuse mental health terms, we can begin to conceptualize these remarks as wounding words as they truly are that. Watching our words, the more mental health terms proliferate our everyday vocabulary, the more we need to choose words wisely. When it comes to using mental health terminology in day-to-day -day life, consider your intentions and the feelings of those around you before labeling someone with a mental health term. Reflect on your own choices and actions when you feel someone has harmed or misused you or taken you for granted. Consider resolving interpersonal issues in a more respectful manner or establishing healthier boundaries around your time and resources. Challenge others on their casual use of despairing mental health labels. Raise your awareness around mental health issues and challenges. The more you know, the less likely you will be to harm another person through your misuse of mental health terminologies. Leave the labels to the professionals. Mental health terms describe a cluster of symptoms and are intended for the use of professional clinicians treating patients. And we share these terms to help people understand what the cluster of symptoms look like. But many times when we're labeling, we're labeling individual behaviors, not a cluster.